The Keep It To Yourself podcast is recorded on the ancestral land of the Mohican tribe. This is a Kitty Pod production. Lovers Blind with Ronnie Millsap will not be seen at this time, so that we may bring you a program featuring someone who would be Stevie Wonder if that were the case. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! Welcome to episode number 185 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. Just think, we're 15 episodes away from 200. But let's not talk about that right now. I'm just going to say my name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, updater, pussy, imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the hour, demand the power, too sweet to be sour. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm your friend. That's right, it's me, Smokey Bear. Gosh, what a neat guy. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Baby, baby. And I'm coming to you once again from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. We're into the summer of 2023 as we hit the end of May, beginning of June. I hope your holiday weekend was as eventful and restful and all that like mine was. I'll tell you all about it shortly. Plus, now that we're into summertime, especially if you're on the spectrum, I'm going to give you some pointers and some life experience if for some reason you plan on hosting people over at your house or wherever it is you live in the summertime. So we'll get to all that in just a moment, not too much longer. First, I'm going to give my social media plugs. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Keep It To Yourself Podcast. There's the Facebook page. There's also the world's loneliest email, kitypod at gmail.com. So you can interact with your humble host in that regard. I haven't done this in a hot minute, or I haven't done this in a while yet, but I'm going to give a shout out here, and that's Lawrence Ross. He was one of the Warriors from way back when, and he slid into my DMs. Okay, no funny lines there. Come on, don't get cute. Who said I was? Well, anyway, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, uh, he hosts the Lawrence Ross Show. comes on every Friday. So a great way to end your week. Goes for about two, three hours every week, so he's still at it. I'm, compared to him, relatively new to the game. But he wanted to cross-promote my show, and guess what? I'm going to return the favor by promoting his, so... Give the Lawrence Ross Show a listen all the way down there in Huntsville, Alabama. And I'll certainly add him into the pod shoutouts at the end of the episode and going forward. So, Lawrence, uh, keep plugging away there, bud. All right, before we get to the vanity, I got a correction to make. Speaking of the pod shoutouts from last episode, I always wrap up, well, until this week, spoilers, the pod shoutouts with the Anderson Center's one in 36 podcasts now reflecting the rate of prevalence of autism spectrum disorder here in the United States. And I thought both guests were with the same organization, the Oyster Bay Railroad Museum out there on Long Island. Or Long Island. Well, it turns out I was mistaken, and horrifically so. The female of the two guests is actually involved with the Center for Developmental Disabilities in Woodbury, New York, also on Lull Island. So I want to apologize if I got my things wrong, which I certainly did. 
You ain't just whistling Dixie, brother. All right, get out of here. Come on. She. <laughs> All right, now that we got all formalities squared away, we're going to go to the vanity portion of this episode. What did one J. Michael Bullet do to commemorate the Memorial Day weekend? I wouldn't say celebrate because we're dealing with dead soldiers and those who gave their lives for this country. Well, as it was the holiday weekend, I decided to have a cookout. Now, mom and dad at the end of it, no, I, I still wish. Uh, anyway, dad and his uh, fiance Nancy, gave me some short shrift with me hosting this thing and not telling them about it in advance, doing it on the sly. They only knew about it when I invited them. Well, with their blessing, they let me do it, but they gave me the little proviso that I warned them ahead of time next time I pull such a stunt. Well, after all that confusion and getting my you-know-what chewed out, I wound up going ahead with the picnic, so I spent the previous week going to a certain grocery chain and getting all the supplies, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, soft drinks, this, that, and the other. And I'll tell you what, I got some flavored sparkling waters for the drinks so my guests can wash down their food, have something to drink while they were waiting for the main course to come around. And let me tell you, those things were a real hit. I had three empty bottles by the time everybody left. So about three o'clock, I pick up my friend Tony. This is from the workplace before I worked at previously, way back in the primordial days. And I was like, well, 3.30. I'm like, nah, it's too early. I called him Saturday and said, hey, how about I pick you up at 3.30? 3 sounds too early. I said, okay. Then I called him the next morning and said, all right, 3 o'clock then. We went back to proceed as normal. Run it back, as the kids say. So 3 o'clock, pick him up. And we just hang out at the house. And we're just here in the living room at Bullet House. His first time in the joint. Had some great things to say about the place. And... Sometime around four or before then, that's when the first two guests arrived. And they arrived in uh, dribs and drabs within the hour. And right about five o'clock, 5.15, I said, all right, I'm going to go around and ask everybody if they want hamburgers, hot dogs, or both. So I got this mass of people, a dozen all told. And I'm going around with a pen and a notepad. I look like a waiter at a diner <laughs> or a waitress, maybe. Just like, what do you have there, mister? And then just taking orders. And I, I, anybody want buns toasted? Now, I left some inconvenience here. I should have planned this out a little more beforehand. Should have gotten all the buns and whatnot on the grill. Now, I don't have that big a grill here at Bullet House on the back patio. I only have room for, say, four things on that tippy-top rack at, at a time. And that's what we use to toast the buns and the rolls, etc. So, with that in mind, I was still in the middle of grilling up the burgers and the hot dogs while I decided to take the hot dog rolls and the hamburger buns and get them out there for toasting. Well, that mass confusion aside, I want to apologize to the one guy who was left with an empty bun wishing he had a Frankfurter in there. I gave it to him eventually. Actually, somebody asked for a second, like, I'll just have another burger. Like, so I got something from down in the freezer and just threw it on the grill. Now, autism brain was on an absolute heater in the week leading up to this soiree, or shindig, if you will. I somehow made a rather 
a foolhardy decision to want to do s'mores. I'm like, well, okay, after everybody's, you know, had their burgers and the hot dogs, they let all that food settle down in their stomachs. I came up with a fantastic idea, and I say fantastic in air quotes advisably, to cook s'mores. And I want to do it on a fire pit. Well, when the moment arrives, I get on the back patio, and I got to lean down to figure out how to turn this thing on. I got flame for like five seconds, and I was afraid you know, this is a propane-fueled gas tank that's uh, or a fire pit with a propane tank. Oh, well, you'll get on with it. Oh, get out of here. Jeez. Hey, three now. That's your third. You've had too many. Anyway, I was having some difficulty trying to get a good flame going for a lengthy period of time. And I was like, uh, guys, I tried. Let's just have them back. Well, you can't have s'mores without flame grill. And one of the guests said, hey, listen, your grill's still hot. We can still use it. I'm like, okay, let's go. So fired up the grill for the third time that day, got the s'mores going. Somebody brought the mushrooms, somebody brought, not the mushrooms, the marshmallows. Yeesh, some of the food coma, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, the heat's getting to me. All right, so took the s'mores on these long sticks, put them over the grill with the burners and everything, and we made do with that. It still tasted good, but it didn't affect how my guests felt uh, with me as their host. They had some wonderful things to say about me as the host. The food was great. Ray reviews all around. I'm quite glad of it. Everything went well in that regard. Well, sometime after 7 o'clock, everybody is starting to make the mass migration out of Bullet House and back to their respective kith and kin and their homes and whatnot. And I'm about ready to take Tony back to his place. And all of a sudden, I look out. There's Dad and Nancy right there in, near the driveway. I'm like, well, you sure picked a fine time to come home. Here, just drive around the block. I got to take him back to his place. I didn't get back till about 8 o'clock that night, and it was amazing. It was a great night. It was a little warm, but it wasn't too bad outside. I had the air conditioning on the whole time. I made the mistake during Labor Day last year to leave the windows open. Check the thermostat. 78 degrees in the house, so I got to close whatever windows were open and pump on the AC just to cool off the house. But everything went well. Good time was had by all. Everybody really enjoyed themselves, ate, drank, and made merry. I certainly appreciate that. That left a really good, warm, and fuzzy feeling down in the cockles of my heart. Again, no funny lines there. But, oh boy, the holiday weekend was not without its share of hassles, headaches, and horse manure. Are you going to drop our fairies on this podcast? Okay, headaches, hassles, and horse shit. Copyright and trademark Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, what I wanted to do originally was see if I could get a, get something, you know, some cash out of the bank so I could get a birthday present for my nephew, Hunter. Well, I pull up to the branch of this bank, who shall go unnamed, and much to my surprise and astonishment, the bank was closed up for the day. Now, I know they're going to be closed Monday because of the holiday weekend, or the holiday itself, rather. But this really threw me for a loop, let me tell you. Like, whew, all right, well, I guess I'll just get some uh, last-minute things here for the cookout. Now, this supermarket chain, which will also go unnamed, they open normally about 9 o'clock in the morning. 
Well, there's already a gaggle of people, a small one, albeit, who are waiting to get into the supermarket. And usually there's people coming in and coming out, you know, as you do with a supermarket. But they were still staying outside like, wait a minute. Am I, is, am I missing something here? And I found out there was a sign on the front door that said, due to technical issues, we aim to open at 9.30 in the morning. Now, just like the bank, I was like, Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? So, thankfully, everything was sorted out because by the time 9.30 rolled around, they took the sign off the front door, unlocked them, Everybody went in a small gaggle that had been waiting outside just moments before. And I was able to pick up a few things that I had forgotten to get for the house. Because my dad and his companion were coming back from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They went over to her house first and then would come over later that day. So there was that. We already talked about Sunday. I'll get back to that in just a bit. But then Monday didn't do much of anything. The holiday... Wasn't planning on really going anywhere, but I was surprised that my nephew, Hunter, decided to come over and have supper with us. Had a nice uh, play of, uh, of uh, pork ribs, you know, pork spare ribs, that is, with the bones. Be careful of that. I ain't the bones. Didn't want that to happen. Mm-mm. No way, Jose. Had scalloped potatoes, which my nephew wound up enjoying. He had that for the first time. He liked it. Corn on the cob. Man, nice little picnic there. But beforehand, we wound up doing a little shopping because all four of us, me, Hunter, my dad, and his fiance, or companion or whomever, all four of us were sitting in the back pay. I was like, I'm bored. And I was like, why don't we do some shopping? I'm like, okay. So I wound up tagging along with them, went to a department store, which will also go on name. They're not a sponsor. And just browsed around, but then uh, it was mostly the three of us hanging out while the female part of the equation was, well, doing her thing. Got some stuff out of the whole deal. Dad sent me and Hunter on a mission to find picture frames. I got these pictures she got off my sister. Well, he got off of me anyway, but not to split hairs. Well, I mean, the picture frame, the smallest I could find was four out of six. So you're going to have a lot of breathing room over there. So I was like, well, so much for that. Then we went over to a big box retailer, which certainly will go unnamed. And I wound up looking for this sports drink that, that's become a big hit, at least at the Little League field where my nephew plays his baseball games. And couldn't find any of that stuff. I mean, it's a drink called Prime, and I had it myself the week before. And let me tell you, it went down real good. I'll tell you that right now, man. Whew. Delicious. Had the lemon-lime flavor. Couldn't find a bottle anywhere in the joint. So I said, all right, we'll just give it up right here. We'll go meet up with Poppy. That's my dad, in case you're wondering. We'll go over to the entertainment section, and he goes looking for CDs. Now, I don't know who uses CDs nowadays. He wound up getting ABBA's Greatest Hits. $7 is how much it cost. This is how much streaming services like Spotify and at, not a sponsor, have really taken out of the CD business. I remember when it was like twice as much back in the day whenever I wanted some kind of entertainment on that front. But any who's it's, I wound up 
buying that as a little gift for the nephew, and my dad complimented me on doing something like that later that evening. So there you have it, folks. That was a holiday weekend. Well, you're probably wondering, what did you watch for sports on this holiday weekend? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And we'll skip the formal intro into Jason's Sports Corner because I watched a good deal of sports over this holiday weekend. Well, I mostly watch auto racing. I watched the last part of the Monaco Grand Prix after CBS Sunday Morning went off the air. Max Verstappen, is there no stopping him? Went through the rain-soaked streets of Monaco to take home the Grand Prix. Then, a few hours later, the Indianapolis 500. First open-wheel racing event I watched all year. And it was a bit of a chaotic end to the otherwise entertaining race. There weren't any crashes like the first half of the whole competition, but it got really nutty, and me and Tony thought as much when we were watching the race as we were waiting for company to arrive at the cookout Sunday. It was like you could not go like two, three laps without some driver getting in some kind of a wreck. Two red flags, that means... In auto racing, that means they have to stop the race and get everything cleaned up and like that. So a green-white checkered finish for the Indy 500. Josef Newgarten takes home the checkered flag at Indy, drinks the milk, gets the wreath around his neck, all that sort of thing. Now, there would be a whole triple crown of auto racing. Now, you'd have the Grand Prix of Monaco most years, then, of course, the Indy 500 and the NASCAR race, the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. Well, there was some bad weather in Charlotte Sunday night, so it was determined in the afternoon they wound up postponing the race till Monday afternoon. I did not watch one second of that race, but there was some controversy in that too. Chase Elliott, you know, wrecking drivers left, right, and center. He got a one-race ban for his actions. In fact, I didn't watch it. I don't even know who won the damn thing, so... There's that. All right, on to real sports now. And what a rare coincidence, man. The English Premier League had its last day of the regular season on Sunday. And Manchester City already took the title. So no doubt in everybody's mind who won the championship. It was between them and Arsenal in the EPL. So that left the relegation battle. Three teams, two spots. This was a battle royal. This is like the friggin' Royal Rumble. And listening to Men in Blazers, Roger Bennett, one of the hosts of that podcast, is an Everton supporter. And it was just existential dread all this season wondering if Everton were going to go down to the championship. That's the second tier of the English football pyramid. Well, you'll be glad to know that Everton will be still in the top flight. This year they beat Bournemouth 1-0. So Leeds and Leicester, bye. In the champ, half won the championship, guys. And what a great story. Luton Town going to be in the top flight next season. This is a team that in 2009 were relegated from the Football League, and they spent the better part of the last 14 years going up through the ranks, winning promotions, going to the next league. And now here they are in the Premier League for the first time ever. They were in what was the old first division back in the early 90s. So it's great to see a stadium that's going to host Premier League football. It hosts like 10,000 people, and they're going to have to spend somewhere on the order of $18 million to bring it up the code. 
So good news, bad news, I guess. So that was a sporting weekend, and you're welcome to it. I apologize for not having a good closer. And now, on to the main event of the episode. Before we get to the main topic, it just occurred to me that I left something out. My nephew came to visit us Memorial Day, but he had just come back. He was just fresh off the trip from Hershey, Pennsylvania with my sister and her brother-in-law. They went to see a big Blink-182 concert down there, a big reunion tour this summer. I don't know if they're going to be coming anywhere in this neck of the woods, the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. I can find out, though, not that I'm interested. This will be for my own curiosity. He had a good time, by all accounts, so that's it there. Sorry I left that part out. I guess I kept it to myself. <laughs> Nothing on that? All right, we're just going to move on. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the main topic of this episode is going to be hosting, having guests over on the spectrum. It's summertime. You know, people want to have cookouts, barbecues, outdoor activities, one thing or another like that. I'm mentioning this as I near the two-year anniversary of having my pet dog, Otis, a.k.a. Otis the Wonder Dog, put down. So, in some strange way, open up the opportunity for me to have guests over at the house. Now, in the pre-COVID days, I remember one time when I was visiting my sister's house for supper, and she mentioned, well, if it's just you at the house, why don't you invite friends over? I'm like, it's your house as much as it is theirs. I'm like, okay. I don't know why it took through most of a global pandemic to do it, but I finally got around. I hosted a 4th of July picnic two years ago. Go back and listen to that episode. And as I mentioned earlier, I also hosted a Memorial Day cookout just recently. Well, it's one thing when you're neurotypical and you're having friends over and family or something like that. But when you're on the autism spectrum, much like your humble host, it can be even more daunting. Well, Mark Seeger, the late great, who wrote this guide before he passed tragically in an automobile accident over in the UK... He wrote his Survival Guide for Asperger's Syndrome, or something like that for the title, but he did mention one topic, and that was when you have guests over, be it friends, family, whomever. Well, more the former than the latter. Now, this was written in Commonwealth English, not American English. I'll try Americanize it as best I can. Mr. Seeger says, when you have a friend round, or when you go to visit someone else through invitation, or even if you're living with a friend, there are a number of points which are useful to know. It's usually the responsibility of the host to offer the guest a drink. The guest shouldn't have to ask. Well, offer him food, too, such was the case with this cookout. I got Tony from his apartment, and then I drove him over here to Bullet House, and, you know, he said, well, I've already got the snacks laid out. i got drinks for you. I just said, man, go ahead. He didn't have to ask. I just said, help yourself, man. Got the food out, got the drinks out, whatever you want. Mi casa es su casa. And we just sat here in the living room and watched the Indianapolis 500 before company came. All right, back to Mr. Seeger. Sometimes you have to put a little bit of effort into making a guest feel welcome. I somehow made it look easy. I was going above and beyond my comfort zone in the call of duty to make sure everybody was well fed. The one problem that I've had, well, the one problem everybody has, when you're hosting somebody, it's, it's perspective. The door swings both ways. 
It's one thing when you're a guest at somebody else's house, like my friend Dave, who came over to this little shindig. It's something else entirely. You want to have a good time as much as your guests, but you're just so busy preoccupying yourself with making sure everything goes right. You know, in my case, I want to make sure the burners were working when I fired up the grill to cook the burgers and the hot dogs. And you want to make sure everybody was well fed. You know, there was plenty of drinks, plenty of refreshments, food, this, that, and the other. You're just worried about, you know, everybody else having a good time. And I wound up having my meal for last, too, because I was busy cooking other people's stuff, too. You forget, oh, wait, I got to eat, too. Well, there you go. Oh, I don't know how I did it. I just had a burger with a Chipotle cheddar cheese slice on it, so... Everything was good there, and Dad and Nancy were very helpful. They kind of scorned me for not letting me know, letting them know about it. Rather, pronouns, pal. Welcome back, Vince, for not letting them know about it ahead of time. But they said, "All right, you well, go ahead and have the picnic. Just don't do it. Uh, you know, just let us know ahead of time, would you?" That's what I'm trying to say. All right, try to avoid situations in which the other person might feel slightly cornered, either physically or verbally. Well, at least he had known them quite well. I don't know if I have anything to say about that. Try to avoid situations also in which you unexpectedly leave a friend or guest on their own. Now, this comes into play here perfectly. When I called Tony the day before, I said, well, how about I come pick you up at 3 o'clock? I thought it was too early. I'm like, whoa. Then I called him back later and said, all right, 3.30 sounds good. That would be 3 o'clock. I don't know what we're going to do for an hour. But then I was like, no, no, how about 3 o'clock? And I, and I wound up calling Tony that morning and said, all right, 3 o'clock is originally planned. Worked out pretty well in the final analysis. And lastly, he says, knowing when to say goodbye is a difficult process, which can sometimes involve people dropping gentle hints or jokes about chucking the other person out. You know, one guy will just get wise and, you know, make a crack and you say, ah, right, throwing us out, huh? If you don't pick up on the message early enough, then it can sometimes create tension. However, a laugh and a smile can often make the goodbye process much more graceful. What also helps me out was when the guest involved, the person, people say, all right, well, I got to get going. I got a long ride back home or I got this uh, going on. I'm just, you know, I feel I don't want to wear out my welcome, all that. So it makes it a little easier if everybody announced everybody, me included as the host, would say, all right, I got to get going, and vice versa. The door swings both ways, a two-way street. So there are some tips from across the pond, and I've given you my little perspective from recent times about hosting people, having them around your place while you're on the spectrum. And hopefully that you have a good time as your guest, whatever you plan on throwing this summer, be it a cookout, you know, just a hang or whatever. Make sure everybody's safe and has a good time or is well fed and like that. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed that segment and found that informative, especially if you have ASD like I do. And before we get to the pod shout outs, I just want to say New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer for the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I'd take her if I had one wish. But she's been gone since that summer, since that summer. LFO right there, 1999. That was summer of sophomore year at Saratoga Springs High School. Summertime Girls, or Summer Girls, rather. Whoops. There was a song called Summertime Girls, but 
I didn't want to quote the lyrics. There was a band called Y&T. Yesterday and today or something like that. All right, we're getting too far afield. Let's get to the pot shout-outs before I get uh, pounded with a bottle of sunblock. Okay, bad analogy, but there you go. First up, GFA Live, Peter Winson and Keith Langston. Live watched an episode of WWF Superstars that aired the first Saturday of 1989, January 7th. They didn't air an episode New Year's Eve for some reason, or they skipped it, or it wasn't available. I don't know. But what I do know is you can follow Pete and his podcast at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. And check out his YouTube channel, too. Week off for Steve Bennett, Sportscasters and the 24-inch podcast. Both taking another bye week. But you can follow Steve on Twitter at Sports underscore Casters and on Instagram at The Sportscasters. Break it down show. Big week for Pete Turner. He's back to... Full bore here. Rico Avales was his guest, the Language Ninja. Very fascinating interview. Brian Fuller, the first ever human-powered row from Boston to London. Going back to Britain on that one. And most recently, Andrew Jengaleski about the doctrine. You can follow the podcast across all your social media at Break It Down Show. And the host of saying Pete A. Turner at Pete A. Turner. The Loyal Littles Podcast, Mike Todd, as well as Robbie Hayes with special guests Bill and Sophia Isaacson and cool Aunt Claire Natola. And most recently, Scott Iman was a guest uh, that talked with Chuck and Roxy. Great interviews there, especially that second episode where they played their version of the Newlywed Game. You can follow Chuck and Roxy on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod and on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. The Anderson Center podcast, now called 1 in 36. Susan Angelus, who is a mother of a child who is uh, posted up at Anderson Center, talked about her art, and she is, uh, that was a great interview there. You can follow the Anderson Center for Autism at Anderson Autism on Twitter and on Instagram at Anderson Center for Autism. I don't know if you hear out there, but there's some turkey vultures making some noise out inside of the window here at Bullet House. So in case you're wondering what all that squawking's about, there you go right there. And finally, the newest entrant to this list, the Lawrence Ross Show. He talked with a Huntsville, Alabama comic named Sci-Fi, and there was also comedic bits from George Carlin and Jim Gaffigan, the former dealing with hurricane names. How appropriate is we've reached the beginning of the 2023 Atlantic hurricane season in this part of the world. You can follow... Lawrence Ross at Blind Lawrence across all your social media. As for this dog and pony show, we're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your podcatcher of choice. If said podcatcher does not have us available, here's a little hack for you. You can take the RSS feed, copy it, paste it onto the podcatcher, and you'll get new episodes available whenever it is they come to you. So just trying to help get the numbers up. And speaking of showing the support, there's also giving me a five-star ring and a good write-up. That would certainly help. And also other things, too. You know, word of mouth, it really helps out. i got to find something else, like an alternative for Patreon to, you know, raise some money. I, I won't tear you off, and it's just a way to support the show. So there you have it right there. And that'll do it for this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, number 185 in the series, down in the books. 
Thanks for listening. Hope all of you had a great holiday weekend once again. I'll talk to you next time, whenever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. As I hear the turkey vulture circle overhead, keep smiling. Otis lives. The Creeper to Yourself podcast has been a Lefty Sun production. That's Ryan Sickler's new comedy special on YouTube. Go check that out. Bye now. Hey, Cravens! Wake up! The show's over. Oh, yeah! Check it! I don't fool with no horses, boy.